Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Udon Cheek, assistant track and field coach at East Carolina University. You are plugged into the Sports Objective Podcast. If you are a fan, you are plugged into the right place. And if you're really a fan, you will share that link. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down to my soul. And I don't back down, not at all. Find out when the cannons explode. Boom! You're listening to 50 Pirates in 50 Days on the Sports Objective Podcast. Between now and the Pirates' scheduled season opener on August 29th against Marshall, we will take a daily trip down memory lane as we will talk to former East Carolina football players about their path to ECU, their time in the purple and gold, and what they're up to now. Now let's talk Pirate football. Welcome into the Sports Objective Podcast, 50 Pirates in 50 Days. We're coming to you here early on Wednesday morning. Very excited right now, as you see, joining me on the screen, former East Carolina offensive lineman from the Skip Holtz and primarily the Ruff and McNeil area, uh, Jordan Davis. Jordan, welcome into the show. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you uh, getting with us so early this morning uh, before work, and I definitely look forward to catching up with you, talking some Pirate football um, but before we talk football and tell folks, I know you're in Cincinnati now. Um, how are things in Ohio and um, how is everything looking with you personally as far as COVID-19? Yeah, um, <clears throat> things in uh, Cincinnati are, are not too bad here. Um, and then just as far as, you know, everything going on with the pandemic, uh, I personally have just been working from home from this this time. So uh, I've had a lot of time to kind of just uh, work from home, which is great. Um, but it, you're kind of in these walls, so it's kind of like, you know, uh, you, you can't, you don't really get to interact with the outside world as much as you were. Um, so that's a little different, but, uh, definitely has allowed me to pursue other opportunities and hobbies as well while I'm here. So, um, we'll circle back around to your time since East Carolina, um, toward the end of the interview, but take us back there, um, it was the Skip Holt there. The Pirates were coming off a conference championship in 2008. And then I know you were joining the program. Uh, so talk about your recruitment under Coach Holtz's staff. Yeah. Um, you know, Skip Holtz actually came to my, uh, my actual house in Florida. So I'm from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Um, and, and actually sat down and talked to my parents. And I think right there, you know, I kind of, thought that was awesome because not a lot of, you know, head coaches did or did that. Um, and then just with the recruiting of you know, me coming down and seeing uh, actually East Carolina on a visit, um, I actually thought it was home, you know, it, you know, college town, everybody was, you know, East Carolina. I'm like, yeah, I like this. You know, this is great, great atmosphere. Um, and I, <laughs> long story short, I'm actually decommitted from Arkansas State. And then I uh, decided to come to East Carolina. So, so you were there in Fort Walton Beach, Florida, uh, Choctahatchee high, uh, high School, and you actually played for East Carolina or former East Carolina football player and a guy that had been the head coach, J.H. Rhodes, and um, former Pirate offensive lineman Greg Thomas. Correct? Yes, correct. Yep. Yep. So, did, so how did that how did that go? Did Coach Thomas uh, kind of? I'm, I'm sure he. Spoke highly of the Pirates. What did what did he have to say when the whole recruitment process was taking place? Yeah, yeah. Um, he definitely, uh, you know, went to East Carolina. 
Um, and you know, uh, w- with the whole recruitment thing, he he kind of just wanted me to you know make the right decision for me, and you know, uh, wanted me to go where I felt like I was comfortable. And you know, I went on you know several different visits, and like I said, I actually had committed to Arkansas State beforehand, but um, you know, uh, it, it was just going and seeing East Carolina. He's like, yeah, go check it out. Um, you know, I know you've already committed to you know Arkansas State and everything, but hey, it doesn't hurt to you know check it out and see what you think about it. And you know, I, I actually did it, and and I haven't looked back since. Won't regret it. Don't regret it at all. In addition, to East Carolina and obviously Arkansas State. Uh, who were some of the other programs you were considering? Um, you know, Alabama State. Um, you know, NC State had given me an offer, like. First off, in the end, um, there was, uh, you know, Southern Miss, because that was kind of a little bit closer to where I was, uh, FAU at the time, and, you know, some of some of those schools were. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Southern Miss, because that obviously <laughs> um, a big rival of the Pirates, and um, yes. <laughs> fortunately, you were able to come out on the, the winning side of some of those games over the next several years. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them, uh, actually, one in particular, you know, prevented us from going to, <clears throat> you know, the Conference Championship one year. So, yeah, you know, definitely some, <laughs> some hard-fought games with those guys. So um, your initial offensive line coach upon arriving in Greenville was, of course, Steve Shankweiler. And Coach Shank is back for his uh, fourth stint with the program right now, the fifth head coach. Um, that he's worked for, just remarkable. Uh, so just talk about uh, coming in under Coach Holtz and obviously the plan then. I'm um, pretty balanced offense, but they really wanted to run the football. And um, talk about Coach Shank, the way the way he was uh, in terms of um, not only emphasizing the fundamentals, but just that specific scheme that you were um, recruited to play in um, before the transition happened. Yeah, um, so yeah, I was – it was kind of similar to, you know, uh, the scheme that he was running as far as like, you know, definitely running the ball. Um, uh, and I kind of, a lot of it fundamentally, like you were saying, uh, footwork and, you know, just being able to get off and, you know, play and drive. So he, he, he taught a lot of that, um, fundamentally. And I was only there for at least a year with him, but just kind of sitting back and, and watching some of the other guys in front of me, you know, uh, him teach and learn. Um, I was able to kind of jump in there a little bit quicker at um, times and, and kind of just run run the plays and, and things like that within some of the other guys. So, uh, so I know in that 2009 season you redshirted and while the Pirates were uh, pursuing that second straight Conference USA title, um, but that 2009 team had one of the best, if not the best, defensive lines in program history. So, um, talk about. I'm sure you um, went up against those guys and practiced an awful lot to guys like Jay Ross and Scotty yeah, Robinson, Robinson uh, uh, C.J. Wilson, Linville Joseph, of course, who's still playing. Uh, and talk about that experience. I was, ooh, it was great. I mean, coming in as a freshman, going against those guys, uh, they were they were tough, man. But uh, I think you know being able to go against those guys at practice every day. Um, Definitely helped me throughout the, the course of my career at East Carolina because it made me better. Um, so going against, you know, basically three, four guys that, you know, caliber NFL defensive, you know, ends or tackles and, you know, me 
Um, you know, I got knocked down a little, a little bit, but, uh, I definitely held my weight. I thought <laughs> yeah. at practice. Yeah. Going against guys of that caliber, I can only, I mean, you, you have to get better. You, you're going to get better or, uh, I guess, I mean, you don't have any choice, but, yeah, uh, <laughs> but after that 2009 season and, uh, before we leave the 2009 season, I just want to mention, um, your career, you had the opportunity during that red shirt season to be part of a conference USA championship team. The second straight year, the pirates have won it. Like I've already mentioned. And then your senior year, which we'll get to here in a few minutes, uh, you had the opportunity to be part of a 10 win team and uh, unfortunately fell just shy of uh, playing for a conference title due to a, a tough loss to, to Marshall up at the end of November. But, um, so just talk about the opportunity to, to be on four bowl teams and so much success as a pirate. Yeah, it was, you know, um, I definitely, <clears throat> definitely would say we definitely worked for it. You know, definitely, uh, in the, in the summer we were working hard. Um, and I think just, just with the coaching and the strength coach and the, and the staff and, and everything and everybody just coming together. I think we were able to, you know, keep a, a steady bowl streak going on. Um, but it was really fun. Um, you know, just being able to hang out with the, what I miss most is just the guys, you know, they're like your brothers. So, you know, you're with them like day in and day out and you, know, you see them every day. And, you know, once it all ends, it's kind of like, man, you know, you, you look back and you're like, oh, you miss it, you know? So, uh, if, if one thing I will say, I do miss the, the team, the hanging out with the fellas most yeah like you're saying um, that's what I played college football at a small college level and you know played since I was seven years old so when it all comes to an end you know 17 18 years later um, that that's one of the biggest things uh, for those who haven't played it and even if you've played other sports if you haven't if you haven't played football um, you don't understand the uh, closeness the the uh, impact of that camaraderie that you have with your brothers yeah Definitely. <laughs> so, um, after that 2009 season, Coach Holtz made that decision to, um, to go to your home state and lead the USF Bulls. Uh, so, uh, with, with that being the case, for a while it looked like Coach Shank may get the job, but then, uh, there at the last moment, uh, Coach Ruffin McNeil was coming in from Texas Tech, obviously, um, bringing the air raid offense with him much different than what you've been recruited to. So talk about that transitional time going from Coach um, Skip Holtz to Ruffin McNeil, but then also Steve Shankweiler to um, Brandon Jones, who, who uh, was was a very young guy, but also a tremendous coach. And I just I can imagine um, there were some probably differences in styles there. Yeah, there there was definitely some differences in style, um, uh, for sure. Just as far as like the the scheme of things and, you know, it's a little bit faster pace offense. So, you know, we had to be a lot more conditioned for that. Um, so there's a lot of things that we had to prepare ourselves for to be able to run that, you know, fast paced offense, but all in all, um, you know, the transition was, uh, it's easy when you, when you buy into it. So, you know, when you, you, you just have to go ahead and accept the process, buy into everything and then from once, once everybody bought into it, I think, uh, it made the process a lot smoother, a lot easier to, to <clears throat> be able to do. So, um, 
but definitely it was a, a little bit of a transition at first because we weren't used to it. And that's with anything you do. So in 2010, uh, I, I know you, um, you played in, I think, 12 out of 13 ball games. Unfortunately, you did have to miss that NC State game where, where Mag's interception, um, preserved the win over the Wolfpack in, in overtime. What a, what a tremendous day that was. Um, but, um, uh, talk about your first experience of getting on that and getting on the field, excuse me, in 2010. Yeah, I believe the first time I ever started was, yeah, it was actually against South Carolina. Um, and then we were in Charlotte at that time and I was going against Tredavia and Clowney. Um, so that was, you know, all the hype and everything was, uh, your first game and you're going against one of the, one of the best defensive, you know, uh, ends in the country, you know, um, it was, it was kind of nervous at first for me, you know, obviously because of everything that's going on and, you know, the situation, but once, <clears throat> you know, you play that first play, um, and then you kind of settle down and everything starts to slow down for you. And, um, you know, I just started to do my job and that's what Coach Ruff, Ruff, you know, preached about every day at practice, you know, just working on what's your job and what you got to do in front, in front of you. So, you know, I took that approach and it definitely helped me out throughout the, the whole process in the game there. You ended up over the next three years uh, from 2011 to 2013 being a mainstay at left guard. Um, but uh, you, I know you also um, there, uh, especially early on in those years in 2011, that you also started at least four games that left tackle. So just talk about that because um, that's something in recent years we've seen guys uh, moving around a whole lot and we've had a lack of numbers on the East Carolina offensive line. And so as someone who started at multiple positions, talk about how difficult that is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> left tackle. Yeah. I, I definitely started the, the left tackle position. Um, but I think, uh, <clears throat> you know, being able to, I think as an offensive lineman, you're, you're definitely going to learn how to play both positions or if not, you know, all, all three of them, center, guard and tackle. Um, just because, you know, at any given time, anybody could go down and you just want to be able to move that, go right and plug right into the next, you know, position. So I think we, we practice that a lot just at left tackle, left guard, but, um, I, I guess throughout the, the games and the, the, um, the year that year, uh, guard was just a lot more comfortable for me. Um, and just because I was, I love to also get out and pull. So that's, one of my favorite things is to be able to pull out and get up to some of those linebackers and, you know, safeties up there. But, you know, guard was just definitely a better fit for me. You've already talked about some of the differences between playing in a Skip Holtz um, led team uh, as far as the offense and, you know, with um, Coach Ruff bringing the air raid in and, and you were, you were uh, more in pass protection mode, uh, even though we did have a lot of success running the football as the years went on. And Coach Riley's approach changed a lot from 2010 to the way it was in 2013 or 14, running the ball for 1,200 yards with Ventavious Cooper. Uh, so just talk and talk about that aspect of things, uh, becoming more of a pass protector, um, more so than uh, driving people off the football. Yeah, I guess, you know, some people would say me more that pass protection was – I guess a little bit more passive, but um, for an offensive lineman's point of view, yeah, uh, 
and you do want to get off and drive the ball or just run the ball. And there are certain instances where well, you just got to run the ball, you know. Um, but coming off of a, a standpoint of always pass the ball, you know, the conditioning level. So whenever we were uh, – it was fast-paced. That was one of the keys to su- success to one of the, our offense was it was fast-paced. So we're going to no-huddle you. Um, and get right back and pass it and be ready to go before the, you know, the defense can even get off the ball. And, you know, if that tires the defense out, then it's going to definitely put you on the upper hand. So I think a lot of times that was really our scheme was really just, really just to get down and run as many plays as we can just to tire the defense out and, and not be able to get them to sub and get off and on the field. So that definitely helped with running a, um, air raid offense and always running the pass there. But then again, you know, the bad part about that is sometimes, you know, the run isn't as effective, but we made it work. Anybody who's followed college football over the last several years obviously is uh, well-versed as far as who Lincoln Riley is and everything he's accomplished, uh, not only as offensive coordinator at East Carolina, but obviously the last several years uh, out at Oklahoma doing a tremendous job with the Sooners. But uh, take us behind the scenes and uh, some offensive meetings and, you know, or on the practice field. And tell us what Coach Riley is like um, from the standpoint of, you know, emphasizing the tempo and playing fast, attention to details and all those sorts of things. Yes. Um, we we practice like that. So every day at practice, it's, it's going to be a fast tempo. And, and from from the moment we get to doing the team practice and we're, we're going against our defense, it's just no huddle, fast pace all the time. Um, so we practice like that. Also, we condition that way as well. As far as like after practice, we would still be running just, just so we could design our minds and develop our minds. So when we are in the fourth quarter there, we're not getting tired. The defense is. So he definitely always emphasized that, um, and that no huddle offense and, you know, just, just the tempo all the time at practice. He, he get in your face and yell at you and, you know, uh, do what he had to do to get you to to understand that you know we're we're gonna run a hundred plays we're gonna try to get a hundred plays in every game <laughs> or or more so and and there were definitely <laughs> games there were I'm sorry I thought you were through I had a little bit of a lag <laughs> there but um, in, in 2013 especially um, th- there were games where we ran a hundred plays or right there at a hundred plays and one of those was that game the 55-31 victory over the Tar Heels at Kenan Stadium. Uh, so, um, that day, I remember they had multiple times where, where they had penalties for, or, um, for, you know, 12, 13 guys on the field, or there were times where we snapped the ball and, and they only had nine guys on the field. It, it was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely say that, you know, that, that fast paced tempo offense definitely played a big role there. And I just remember uh, going back and watching some of those games because I, I was, of course, there. But uh, but tuning in um, after the fact, w- watching DVR'd copy of the game, it was funny listening to the commentators on the ACC network that day with, I guess it was Raycom or somebody, um, <laughs> point out they were going back with the Telestrator and circling and said, look, the, the, uh, North Carolina only has nine guys on the field when East Carolina snapping the football. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that definitely was um, something that we definitely tried to do. <laughs> definitely uh, snap that ball before anybody else could get on the field, you know. 
And I remember hearing uh, Lincoln Riley speak for one of the first times publicly as a pirate. Um, he, for some reason, Coach Ruff had something going on. He could not attend the um, pirate club function in Charlotte. So Coach Riley had come, and and this is, of course, uh, in the spring of 2010. So it didn't happen right away, but I just remember him saying that uh, North Carolina absolutely is not that much better than us, for, um, not even close. He said, we're going to end up putting 50 on those guys. And, uh, before it was all said and done, obviously your senior year, we put 55 on them in Chapel Hill, and then the following year, I know you were uh, in tune with that when, when we hung 70 on them in Greenville after uh, after they found out, you know, that maybe, <laughs> maybe they didn't take it so lightly after all. Right, right. <laughs> but um, what are some of your favorite memories, whether it's a favorite game or two um, um, because of the team success or maybe a game where you felt like you played one of your better, better uh, games? So, uh, what are, what are some of those memories that stand out? Um, yeah, I think just some of the the big ones that stand out are just the the big rival games. You know, like you were saying, the uh, the 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 NC State game was big. You know, when we won that game, and then when we beat Carolina the same same year as well, those were really big. I just just because we wanted to you know make it known that we were the best in the state. You know, so I think that was our our um, our goal and what we were trying to go out and accomplish and achieve my senior year. And it was great. You know, it it happened, you know, my senior year. And I, we actually got to win a bowl game my senior year. So that was really, really awesome as well. So I think just those uh, senior year definitely was some, some big moments for me um, just because of, you know, the success that we had in, in certain areas and, um it was the last year that we had got to represent Conference USA. So, yeah, you bring up that NC State game, um, the next last game of the regular season, and um, Pirates eight and two going in. Actually, were I want to say like an eight or nine point road favorite, uh, but um, we certainly took care of business that day. Led forty two to fourteen late in the game before NC State, you know, made it look a little bit closer with a couple of touchdowns in the final minutes. Um, but talk about from a player's perspective, being down there on the sideline, how how cool it was when you, when you heard Pirate Nation with the purple and gold chant taking over Carter Finley Stadium. Oh, it was awesome, man! It was it was great, you know. Especially when you're up and you know you're winning there, and you just hear the the the, the song go off each time. <laughs> yeah, and, and it seemed like um, in, in that 2013 season, you know. Prior to the North Carolina victory, uh, two weeks prior, we had suffered a very hard-fought loss to a, a ranked Virginia Tech team. I'm pretty sure they, the Hokies were ranked that that year, um, but it was 15 to 10 uh, at Dowdy Ficklin, and uh, I, I know that that was one that could have very easily gone the other way. Uh, but at the same time, um, I, I know a lot of doubters. I'm, I'm, I want to say the East Carolinian. Um, Everybody with the East Carolinian, all three, four, however many people, um, picked us to lose against the Tar Heels. And I know you guys are kind of on a mission, uh, having two weeks to prepare. Um, so I know it's been what seven years now, but give us a glimpse behind the scenes there as far as the coaching staff and, um, just the way you bounce back from a hard fought loss to the Hokies. Yeah. Um, we knew that, you know, definitely that was a hard one. But I just remember, you know, we, we knew that we didn't want to let that define our, our season. So we had a lot of 
a lot of big games left to play. Um, and then just one of the main, main things our coaches, uh, my position coach, you know, um, Brandon Jones and Ruff and what we stressed was just not listening to all the outside noise a lot. Um, so we, we definitely tried to tune out the, the outside noise and just focus on what we had ahead of us. We knew that the next game um, was big and we, we had to practice, you know, big in order to win the game. So um, just, just buckling down basically was the motto and, and going, going to work and not, not really, um, we it definitely lost that one and it hurt, but not to dwell on that one because we got plenty of big ones left to, to, to play here. Here a few days ago, Jordan, I, I was actually um, talking with some uh, other former East Carolina letter winners about this, um, but I'm sure you saw the news that Coach Ruff is in red um, as a special assistant to NC State head coach Dave Dorn. Uh, how unusual is it to see that? Uh, uh, certainly happy for Ruff, and I understand it's a business, but uh, it was at the same time very uh, difficult and unusual to see. Yeah, it was. I was surprised when I first heard the news myself. Um, you know, uh, but like you said, it's a business, so um, it's definitely, definitely weird to see, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it's, I, I do have a lot of respect for Coach Ruff, so um, it's going to be different and weird to, you know, kind of definitely see, you know, us battle them and, and, and vice versa. Now, I'll definitely be looking out for that, that game, at least, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly, I saw some folks out there on, um, they, they didn't realize he had already come home to the state of North Carolina to take care of his father, who's up in, yeah. year, up in years and not doing the best health-wise. So uh, certainly praying for Coach Ruff and his family there. But, um, but yeah, folks, he, he did not leave Oklahoma and his uh, dear friend Lincoln Riley for NC State. Don't worry about that. But, uh, <laughs> but no, um, from Dave Dorn's perspective, NC State's perspective, it certainly makes a lot of sense. A guy that has that much experience and has been in the college football playoff um, the last several years and then also has those ties and roots in the state of North Carolina. And um, much has been made of the, the job that Mac Brown and his staff are doing recruiting in the state. So um, it makes sense from a lot of angles, even, even though, yeah, Coach Ruff, he can't get on the road and recruit. Um, his presence um, will make an impact on se- on several different levels. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, let's get up to speed. Uh, I know there at the beginning we mentioned you're in Cincinnati now. Uh, so talk about the last seven years. Uh, and after East Carolina, did you have the opportunity to play any football, whether it was arena or otherwise? And uh, and mm-hmm. then uh, and then. Just give us a little bit about your uh, work history because I know you uh, currently are working for Verizon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a chance to actually – I tried out with the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, so I was there for like a, a week for a rookie minicamp, and um, that was the end of it all. So it was cool to be able to, you know, do that. But after that, uh, nothing really ever – arose as far as, you know, me playing like a Canadian league or, or arena ball or anything like that. So it was on to the real world after that. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, I've been working with Verizon now in Cincinnati. Um, you know, uh, also I have a, a YouTube channel myself with me and my uh, girlfriend. We have a couple of YouTube channels, so we've been working really hard at that and, you know, uh, having fun with it. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, you definitely can. 
Um, but uh, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing, you know, recently. Go ahead and plug your YouTube channels. How how can folks find it? And um, and exactly exactly what are those YouTube channels about? Yeah, so uh, if they go in and, and you if you go R A E, so it's Ray and J Vlogs. That's a R A E the and sign J A Y space vlogs vlogs. Um, uh, wh- what we really do is we just kind of just it's just following us around in our everyday life. You know, I've got a couple of gadgets like a drone that I, I fly and you know a GoPro and. We uh we have a, a French bulldog as well, so you know he's always getting into stuff, and we're just we're just you know following us everyday life, uh, and we do a lot of cooking too. So if you guys are into cooking, uh, I'm I'm like a really good chef, I feel like. <laughs> so uh, we definitely have some cool meals and things like that you guys can follow along as well with. Jordan, how long have you had the drone? I got it about two or three months ago. Okay, so since you've had it, uh, obviously, um, was that something? Do you think you would have got it had we not been in the uh, quarantine? You know, I was I was going to uh, get it anyways, but I think I got it sooner than I expected. I was going to get it <laughs> just because there was, you know, it'd been cool. It's cool to fly around now and, and have something else to do. Absolutely. Uh, have you uh, maybe for us football fans and you know just. Have you been to the University of Cincinnati campus with it or just more wide open spaces? <laughs> no, I haven't been to the University of Cincinnati uh, campus stadium at all. Uh, but more so wide open spaces. <laughs> now, how long have you, how long have you been in Cincinnati? Uh, going on about two and a half years now. Okay. So, um, uh, have you, um, I'm assuming if you, if you didn't have anything going on, you're able to check the pirates out when they've been up there, uh, over, over the last, Few years, yeah. I think the last um, obviously, obviously, last year we played in Greenville. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I think when I came down, it was towards the end of the the season, so I didn't get a chance if if there was a game here, right? Um, but definitely, I'm looking to check the Pirates out whenever you guys you know do make it back down here for sure. I'll definitely be at that game. Yeah, that's. Uh... That matchup last year in Dreamville with Bearcats, of course, uh, went on to play in the conference championship game against Memphis, but yeah. they were rank, ranked 17th and we had them on the ropes going into the fourth quarter up a couple of touchdowns and, and lost, uh, something like 47 42. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's one of the great things with you being afar like you are up in Cincinnati, uh, um, having the excellent exposure that we do on the CBS sports network, but more importantly, uh, the ESPN platforms that you and the guys like yourself, uh, who um, gave so much to the program and are loyal pirates. You, you, you can follow the program from afar. Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that's so, a cool aspect. So um, I, I saw some of your hobbies, uh, at least, Back in the day when you were at East Carolina, were um, things like film production and fishing, or are those things that you still enjoy now? And um, if, yeah. so, if so, maybe a, a, a very quick um, fishing story or two, or maybe of a top catch. <laughs> definitely, uh, I, I definitely still you know pursue those hobbies. Uh, just like I was saying before, I do have the YouTube channel, so I do all the editing and and everything for that. So definitely keeps me busy. Are busy there, 
Um, I, I even have, I think, one of the videos where we I did get a chance to go back home um, and I took the GoPro with us and we went out fishing. Um, and it was really cool just to kind of see the scenery. And, you know, I caught like a little uh, a croaker. It wasn't that big or anything, but it was really cool just to catch on camera. Um, but uh, one of the biggest uh, one of the best stories, I guess, fishing would be uh, we went it was in Fort Walton Beach one time. Me and my cousins were, you know, just kind of found a pier and we said, oh, we'll check it out and try it out. And nothing was really biting that day. Um, and uh, none of the shrimp that we were using, we were using live shrimp. It wasn't working either. Um, but then one of my cousins caught like a, a pinfish and he hooked it up, threw it out. And within like, within like, uh, I want to say five or six minutes, it just started running. And it was a uh, long story short here. It was a huge, uh, a redfish that he had caught and uh we had to jump in the water and actually you know bring it up to shore but and we if I, if I can ever dig up those pictures i'll definitely show them but you know it was a huge fish and that was probably one of the biggest ones i've ever seen caught like that on on land at least um one of the things i wanted to ask you um kind of wrapping things up is I know you majored in communication and information technology at East Carolina. Uh, so the combination of your football experience, because all the time with football, you hear um, how much it prepares you for life as, in terms of the work ethic, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so the combination of that and then also um, your degrees that you got at East Carolina, talk about how those things are benefiting you now um, in the in the business world. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just with football and your 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 life back in in, in school and, and getting your degrees, it's definitely helping for the real world because it's you know kind of positioned me into um, always want to be able to be my own person, work for my myself in instances, you know. Um, so I, I definitely like that aspect of it, and then just having the football. You know, background, you're always, um, you're, you're willing to work hard and, and endure some of the, the pain and struggles. And I can always just, you know, just in the real everyday life, uh, you know, no matter how hard it, it is, um, I can look back and be like, well, it's not as bad as, you know, some of those practices we had in the heat and some of those days we were, <laughs> we were out conditioning and, and doing all those things to prepare ourselves. So, um, I was kind of looking back at those instances and just say it can can always be can always be worse in, in some st- in ways, but a- absolutely that um obviously you're from Florida so um, you're used to the heat but that eastern North Carolina heat uh, this time of year it it's, gets humid it's, yeah certainly, <laughs> certainly no joke yeah uh, so final question for you um obviously your your um, initial position coach at East Carolina is back uh, coach Mike Houston entering year two of the program and uh, the numbers like I mentioned earlier have been down on the offensive line um, and the guys have made a tremendous amount of progress but we're getting more talent more numbers into the program uh, so just talk about how you see the program going into year two and coach Houston hopefully we'll have football in 2020 but it's looking more and more all the time, like it may even be the spring of 21, um, God forbid, the, the fall of 2021. Yeah. Um, I think just whenever you do get that transition, you get the new the new coach, it's um, there's always going to be some adjustments made. And 
you're going to have a year, maybe two years where you're still trying to, you know, buy in, buy into the process and the system and, you know, get the guys that you need to, to actually be the, the face and, and buy into the program. So, uh, definitely, uh, I would say the, after the first year, the second year is definitely going to be a lot better just because of, you know, you are, you already know what to kind of expect. You know what you got to do now to even compete in, in what your weaknesses are and, and to get better. So I definitely say it's up from here. Absolutely. Um, Coach Houston has a proven track record. He and this staff on wherever they've been, um, whether Lenore Ryan, the Citadel, obviously James Madison winning the SES title and nearly winning a second, uh, going back to back. But I think Coach Houston and this staff are uh, going to get it done. Um, just got to give them time, give them a chance to build it. And I think the Pirates are going to have a lot of success over the next next few years. Um, but Jordan, uh, you spent a lot of time with us this morning. We appreciate you getting up and doing this so early um, before you enter your work day. And um, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime down the road. Awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Go Pirates. Pirate Nation, that is former East Carolina offensive lineman from 2009 to 2013, Jordan Davis. You've been listening to 50 Pirates in 50 Days, all on the Sports Objective Podcast. Remember, each of these interviews can be seen on our Facebook and YouTube channels, or the audio only can be heard exclusively on SoundCloud and Anchor. Wherever you watch and listen to the show, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe. As always, we appreciate you listening to the Sports Objective Podcast. Go Pirates!